the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two underway, seven minutes past ten o'clock. It's a Thursday. It's the third morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And yes, Snowmageddon, it just started last night. Uh, but uh, if you woke up today expecting to see a wall of snow, a.k.a., or uh, not a.k.a., but rather uh, resembling that of 1978, the blizzard of 78, you were going to be sorely disappointed. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be bad. There's still a ton of snow. The radar does look menacing for the rest of the day. They're talking today of one to two inches of snow per hour, perhaps, through tomorrow morning. So we could be talking 24, uh, 24 hours of one to two inches an hour. That can add up to be a lot. So stay warm, stay safe. Uh, everything will be just fine. But as of uh, as for this morning, yeah, we're still here. Uh, I did find the War Games clip. I did find it. In fact, my friend Charlie sent it to me uh, during the first segment in which we talked about that. But I'm not going to play it, only because I don't have time to edit out the 10 seconds of silence, <laughs> which is bad radio. When you have dead air for 10 seconds, I don't have time to edit that out, nor to uh, bleep out the JC that they use in expressing the shock that they are still alive, because uh, I don't like doing that. All right, having said all of that, let's bring in our regular Thursday commentator. He is uh, one of the most interesting people to listen to uh, because he blends wisdom and experience with uh, with practical common sense and puts it in terms that a lot of people can understand much more easily uh, than with others. He is Dr. Everett Piper, best-selling author, weekly columnist with The Washington Times, and uh, past university president, among other titles. Dr. Piper, good to have you this morning. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, um you get uh, four inches of snow in Oklahoma, and it's the equivalent of about 24 inches of snow in Ohio. We just lose our minds down here. We don't know what to do with this white stuff. <laughs> you know, I didn't look as I watched um, as I watched that radar band, uh, which is affecting a huge, I think they said today, 100 million people are going to be impacted in some way by the ice and, and snowstorms that are, that are coming. Uh, and it's obviously coming up from the southeast through the Midwest, excuse me, from the southwest, moving northeast and up uh, through the, the you know Midwest states and so forth. And it's definitely impacting Ohio, Indiana, so forth. But I didn't notice Oklahoma. Are you guys getting any of this at all? Oh, yeah. We, we got, uh, again, it was probably four inches or so last night. And, again, I'm from Michigan, and so I recognize what y'all are doing in Ohio right now. You're rolling your eyes saying, four inches, that's a walk <laughs> in the park. But in Oklahoma, everybody shuts everything down. Schools are closed. Churches are closed. Grocery stores are full. Walmart, there's been a run on water at Walmart. I mean, it's Armageddon. <laughs> I spent a year in Stillwater and uh, in Edmond, uh, kind of, uh, kind of half and half, six months ago, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, uh, it's a different kind of climate there, and they do they handle that kind of thing differently, no question about it. Yeah. 
All right, Dr. Piper, there's a lot uh, we want to get into today, and I really appreciate you sharing your uh, uh, your column with me and with everyone the way you have again. Let's talk about science and censorship. I couldn't help but think of my uh, my T-shirts, uh, one of which you uh, um, I'm so honored that you wear, uh, you know, about uh, the left not really believing in science, they only want compliance. That's actually the headline of your column, COVID-19 Science or Blind Compliance. And you go to great lengths here. Uh, to show that what when when the science doesn't um, match the prevailing narrative, it must be silenced. So there's another way, another rhyme here. Science must be silenced uh, if it doesn't match the prevailing narrative or the orthodoxy of the left. And what they have done to try to dismiss, uh, you know, so many experienced and well-respected immunologists, epidemiologists, uh, virologists, and so on and so forth in the name of their agenda and the name of compliance is really quite frightening. Tell us more. Well, I should have given you credit for the science compliance uh, uh, play on words because I was using your T-shirt as as a theme there, in a sense. You are welcome to it. I tell the story about how Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, had a hearing last week where he was essentially trying to get the data, trying to review the existing data, the empirical evidence of the health of our military. And one of those individuals testifying in that hearing is a lawyer. His name is Wren. I believe his first name is Thomas Wren. He represents some whistleblowers within the military who are saying, look, our own data shows very unusual increases in given illnesses and maladies. For example, there's a 300% increase in 2021 compared to the previous five-year average, a two, excuse me, a 300% increase in miscarriages in the military ranks. There is a 300% increase in um, cardio-related diseases. There is a 300% increase in a variety of other illnesses, cancer included. So when you're taking the first 11 months of 2021 and your military data, the health data, the statistics that they're keeping on the health of our military professionals, our soldiers, our sailors, our pilots, and you see a 300% increase in cancer, you see a a 300% increase in miscarriages, you see a 269% increase in cardio-related illnesses, and you see a thousand percent increase in neurological disorders. Don't you think you ought to ask yourself a very simple question? Any good researcher would do this. Is there a mitigating variable in 2021 that would explain these increases over the previous five-year averages? Well, the mitigating variable, huh, might be the fact that you're forcing all of your soldiers and sailors and pilots to take a vaccine. Well, it's really not a vaccine. It's the mRNA injection. Mm-hmm. That might be the additional variable, the mitigating variable that would explain all this. But no, everybody screams, shut it down, silence this. This is conspiracy theory. This is the military's data. And if we're just going to dismiss it and silence it and claim that anybody that wants to discuss this stuff, like Rand Paul or Ron Johnson or anybody like you or me, are somehow science deniers. No, Bob, you're not the science denier. Science asks questions. Science leaves the debate open. Science doesn't foreclose the discussion. Science wants to continue to pursue truth. The science is never never settled because science, by definition, is the unsettled 
pursuit of truth. You want to look at new data, new evidence, new empirical realities that are out there that help explain these things. But no, the left wants to shut this down. So I agree with you. My basic point in my article is this. When they're doing this, compliance is more the agenda than science. No question about it. And I want to talk a little bit more about what you wrote. Um, And and if this was any other year, or the last two years, if this was any other time when when there wasn't the worldwide acknowledged pandemic of COVID-19, and all of those statistical increases you just cited happened and the military noticed it and took note of it or somebody like ron johnson made them aware of it and said 300 percent increase this this a thousand percent increase in neurological disorders and so on and so forth wouldn't they automatically say my goodness what's happening there's something that's impacting there's some commonality that's happening to all of our troops and soldiers and airmen and marines and so on and so forth uh that that has to be here what is it and as you wrote is it agent orange have they been uh, taking part in nuclear experiments? Uh, have there is there an asbestos problem that everybody is inhaling? There's something going on that's impacting such a wide swath of our fighters that all of these things are happening. We have to get to the bottom of what it is. In any other year, they would say that, but this year Absolutely. and in this time, they can't say that because the answer might be the shots, and that's what exactly. they and that's what they completely want to want to silence. Exactly, and we know this. And again. Um, I don't want to say it's just the left that has been concerned with these things in the past, but surely the progressives, the left, the anti-establishment, the anti-military, those people who felt that, well, you know, the military is going to be prone to abuse our soldiers. They exposed them to Agent Orange, and they're not going to tell the truth about it. Therefore, we need to sue the federal government so our Vietnam vets are treated fairly. Rightfully so, if our Vietnam vets were treated unfairly and exposed to something that Nobody wanted to admit was making them ill. But that same attitude by those same people today, the progressives, the left, has somehow escaped them. Now they're the ones protecting the government. They're the ones who are silencing dissent. They're the ones who who are ignoring Agent Orange. They're the ones who are ignoring the consequences of being exposed to nuclear experiments and asbestos. And, and, you know, I I even mentioned the... Uh, formaldehyde babies. I mean, how did we discover that that was a bad drug? We actually recognized that it was a mitigating variable that was causing deformed uh, babies to be born without arms and legs and feet and hands. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a remarkable thing to think about when you when you compare it to those other things. And and I, I'm kind of an elementary guy from time to time, Doctor Piper, and I like seeing things in really really simple to explain uh, manners. And I think your Kool-Aid example is the best way to do that. Um, if no one in the military or in a large group of people of any you know commonality whatsoever had been drinking Kool-Aid, and then suddenly uh, everybody who has bellied up to the bar, as you put it, and started drinking Kool-Aid, 71% of them are coming down with significant health problems. Are we going to look elsewhere for, for what is new uh, in their systems to figure out what's causing their ailment, or might we look at the Kool-Aid? Might we look at the drink that everybody is drinking and see if there's something that's making everyone sick? Well, right now, everyone is forced to go to the bar and not drink the Kool-Aid, but roll up your sleeve and have it injected inside of you. And yet we're not supposed to look there. I think that's the best elementary explanation anybody has given so far. And, and the fact that they're letting our military, who is tasked with protecting and securing this country, at a time in which... 
a whole lot of aggressive actions are being taken by a whole lot of powerful militaries in other countries, particularly communist countries like Russia and China, for us to just not want to know what's making our soldiers ill and uh, causing them to have very serious health complications. Um, it's it's really hard to, hard to fathom that that would be something they want to continue doing. Yes, and and it's, this is a defense issue, a national defense issue, because if our military is sick, we can't defend ourselves. We have to have a healthy military. We can't have a sick military if we want to have an effective national defense. And if we're doing something to make them ill, you would think everybody who has a head on their shoulders would want to be a real scientist and pursue the evidence and have an honest discussion and not shut it down just because you want to buy the narrative from his grand and glorious Dr. Anthony Fauci. That's right. Well, what we're going to do now, Dr. Piper, is take a quick time out here. And then we're going to come back and talk about part two of the, and it's a very similar discussion, uh, of what you just described in the military. How the federal government, and in particular, the National Institute of Health, Dr. Francis Collins, uh, who was in charge of that organization, uh, began using evangelical Christian leaders to spread COVID propaganda in the churches. Uh, again, very, very similar. There is, There are mind games being played here. There is, I think, a mass, mass hypnosis that is being used by some very powerful people. It's being used in our military, and it's being used in our churches. And Dr. Everett Piper is going to have comments on that coming up. AM 1420, The Answer. Always right with Bob Franz on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1022 now. We continue. Eight good minutes left with uh, Dr. Everett Piper, and uh, we're going to need all of those to talk about the next two issues we want to get into. We're still talking about COVID-19. We're still talking about forced jabs, or in this case, we're talking about encouraged jabs, being um, uh, or jabs being encouraged, rather, through our church leaders. And in particular, the federal government has targeted evangelical leaders to reach their flocks uh, by the masses with their propaganda. Dr. Piper, this article in the Daily Wire that you shared with me, Wheaton College Dean Ed Stetzer, you've talked about him before, uh, interviewing uh, Francis Collins uh, on the podcast about why Christians who want to obey Christ's commands to love their neighbors should get the COVID vaccine. That's a good way to show how you love your neighbor. So Ed Stetzer, a prominent uh, 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 evangelical leader, as well as Rick Warren, cited in this as well. And I think everybody knows who Rick Warren is and how large his following is. These people are being coerced in a manner of speaking, maybe brainwashed, maybe indoctrinated a little bit, I don't know, by the federal government, particularly Francis Collins, the former director of the NIH, into spreading this propaganda to their flocks. Um, I know you have thoughts about it. Go ahead. Well, I have talked about Ed Stetzer before. For those who don't know, Ed Stetzer is the dean of the uh, Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College. And Wheaton College is the Harvard of Christian colleges and universities. Very respected very elite institution with higher education. Wheaton would be arguably the leader. So Ed Stetzer has a prominent role within my industry, Christian higher education. He was also the editor of the Christianity Today, which at least in the past would have been considered the premier Christian, evangelical Christian magazine and periodical, uh, leading thought piece, if you will. Ed Stetzer has been very critical of any evangelical who embraces or supported Donald Trump in the past. In other words, you're a bad Christian if you vote for Donald Trump. And he has drawn a moral equivalency between 
let's just say Donald Trump's intemperate style and his uh, boorish behavior, which I've criticized the show before. I, again, you criticize him when he's wrong and you thank him when he's right. But do you really think that Donald Trump's mean tweets are the moral equivalent of killing children at death, sir? Do you really embrace the LGBTQIA social justice warrior banner? Do you embrace Black Lives Matter and critical race theory? Do you think those neo-Marxist ideas are the moral equivalent of Donald Trump being a punk and being a bore and being a bit of a misogynist at times? I would argue that we always have broken human beings and that we have to evaluate what sin is going to affect our culture more aggressively. And I would argue that killing babies is worse than mean tweets. But yet Ed Stetzer is out there criticizing you and me for defending Donald Trump's pro-life position and arguing that we were somehow bad Christians to not lean toward Joe Biden. And in this article, it is exposed that Ed Stetzer has been in the pocket of the NIH and Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci, and he's been doing their bidding. He's been encouraging us to ignore the data and just listen to the government narrative, because you're not a good, loving Christian if you're a mask. You know, the evidence out there suggests that masks are ineffective, and you're not a loving Christian if you don't get an injection that's experimental, and you don't know what it's going to do to your body or the body of your children. Ed Stetzer and Rick Warren and Russell Moore and Tim Keller and the list goes on and on and on. David French are out there promoting this stuff in an unthoughtful, judgmental, self-righteous way, and it's not biblical. They're not allowing Christians to think for themselves. They're telling Christians to bow to Nero and do what Nero tells them to do. Dr. Piper, um, it, it's it's not just saying it's unchristian like either. It's telling the faith leaders at the various and the various denominations uh, to to um, shame uh, their their congregants. Um, Rick Warren said, quote, let me just say a word to the priests and pastors and rabbis and other faith leaders. This is our job to deal with these conspiracy issues and things like that. One of the responsibilities of faith leaders is to tell people to trust the science. They're not going to put out a vaccine that's going to hurt people, end quote. That, that is, again, that's indoctrination on the level of, of, of CRT and other things we're seeing in our schools. That's an indoctrination telling the faith leaders to tell their, pa- their, uh, their followers that the science is always right, and the science that led to the development of these vaccines would never, ever hurt people, and that would be to deny reality. That would be to deny what we talked about in the last segment, uh, hundreds of percentages of increases uh, in, in military uh, uh, maladies after the forced vaccinations. And we just have to go to the VAERS reporting site on the CDC to find out that, huh, lo and behold, uh, these profit shots are hurting people, a lot of people. Why would they encourage our faith leaders to lie to their, their, their followers? I really think that some of these guys are naive and just being foolish. Uh, in other words, I think they have some degree of innocence. I don't think they're evil. There are a couple of these guys I don't know anymore. I think they know darn well what the data shows. I think they know very well that there is, that there should be an open argument and debate over, let's say, the research on masking. We know that there are at least 21 different international studies that tell us that masks are ineffective and really don't work. Shouldn't we follow the science and have a debate as to whether or not it's healthy to tell a bunch of people to wear a mask over their face 
that's going to get dirty by definition because you're breathing in and out of it all day long, and you're going to thereby be inhaling compromised compromised um, uh, air because of what you're doing in terms of wearing that particular piece of cloth or fabric over your face. Shouldn't we discuss that? And how about the vaccinations? They're not going to produce a drug that hurts us? Really? Let's go back and look at drugs that have been produced, put on the market, and have hurt us. I talked about the thalidomide babies earlier. That was a drug that was accepted. It was a drug that was taken by hundreds of thousands of women during labor because it helped uh, alleviate some of the complications and, and pain of labor. Well, it hurt people. It created human beings that didn't have hands and arms. Really, you're going to tell me to ignore the empirical evidence that drug companies do produce drugs that do go on the market that aren't all that great and do hurt people. Ancient Orange was produced by uh, scientists, and it was used for defoliating the forest. And they supposedly tested it, and it was supposed to be safe. Well, it wasn't. It gave us cancer. Asbestos was used as insulation. Really, they're not going to create a, a product that hurts us. Asbestos gives you cancer, and a lot of people are suing for that right now because they were exposed to it. I could go on and on and on. How about tobacco? Tobacco hurts people. I mean, my land, how naive and stupid could you be to say that they're not going to produce a product that hurts us? That's why I don't believe it is naivete and stupidity. I think it is planned. I think they know exactly what they're doing, and there's an element to evil because of the intent. Dr. Piper, it's 10.30, but I'm going to make an executive decision here. I'm going to go two minutes past our news because I want you to respond to this very briefly. There is a professor uh, at the State University of New York named St- uh, Stephen Kirshner uh, who was doing an interview in which he talked about, and he wrote a book apparently about, um, the normalization of pedophilia. Well, in this 35-second clip I want you to respond to, he's doing an interview with a podcaster who has one-upped him uh, and said the following. Oh, still the adult child sex. That's always a big seller. Oh, yeah. Well, that, I, I, had, um, I had good friends who said, are you crazy? Do not write that book. Man, listen, you're talking to a guy who for 25 years has been making arguments more or less in defense of adult child sex in classrooms. Uh, and I, don't know if the, I don't know if it's the same argument as yours, but I even authored a piece in The Daily Beast in which I called into question the age of consent laws. Oh, um, which is, yeah. you know, and I, I brought to bear the arguments I was making in class. And I'm, I'm going to see how they, whether they jive. <laughs> so I don't know if they're both professors. This looks to be a podcast interview. One of them I did identify, as I said, as a State University of New York professor. But the both of them have written uh, uh, articles or books questioning the age of consent and questioning whether or not adult child sex is wrong. Dr. Piper, this is what I believe is behind the LGBTQ movement, this trans movement, teaching and sexualizing children at a very young age in order to prepare them for sex at a very young age from the deviance in this society and you say what you're spot on last week i said we should do a series on well that'll never happen um where people will say to you when you suggest that well if this is going to lead to the legalization of adult child sex and they'll say oh that'll never happen well here we are ideas have consequences and when you get rid of the objective standard for sexual behavior the biblical standard the Judeo-Christian standard for sexual morality, there is no end to the consequences of that terrible idea. When we legalized gay marriage, we opened up Pandora's box because we said there's no objective standard, there's no right or wrong any longer. And as they start discussing the trans identity of children, if a child is old enough to decide that he can choose his sex, he's old enough to decide 
that he can have sex, and these adult predators are going after that. They're going after that big time. That's always what they wanted. This guy said he's been teaching this nonsense for 25 years at the State University of New York in Fredonia. They have uh, suspended this particular professor pending an investigation. Rather than just saying, we saw the video, investigation over, you're fired. Uh, And that speaks uh, uh, volumes as well. Dr. Everett Piper, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right, blessings. Bye-bye. Blessings to you as well. News time now. We'll come right back. Shannon Burns will join us next. Mainstream media is always left. Tune your radio to the right and find a voice of reason amid the liberal chaos. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 1039, 21 minutes of outstanding awesome left in this broadcast. We are always right on AM 1420. The answer. Thanks again to Dr. Everett Piper. A lot of heavy stuff there that we talked about with Dr. Piper, particularly uh, with respect to COVID and uh, our churches being used as weapons against freedom. It's, it's remarkable, but that's exactly what they're doing, and the federal government is responsible for it. Speaking of government, let's talk state government now. This uh, state has been driven into the ground over the course of the last three years by uh, Mike DeWine, particularly over the course of the last two, as he has governed like any blue state Democrat would be expected to govern. In fact, he beat Andrew Cuomo and Gretchen Whitmer and... Uh, who else? Phil Murphy and, and Gavin Newsom and Kate Brown. All big time far left blue state governors. They were all beaten to the punch on cracking down on the freedoms of their uh, uh, constituents and their citizens by Mike DeWine, who uh, ruled with an iron fist for two years, allowing a- Amy Acton to uh, call the shots for the better part of that time. And now he is up for reelection. And what is the Republican Party of the state of Ohio, the ORP, going to do with this far-left, blue-ish governor uh, who bears the R after <laughs> that represents them after his name? Yeah, they're going to endorse him for re-election. At least that is what is expected by numerous members that I've spoken with of the Ohio State Central Committee for the Republican Party. And one of them joins me now, Shannon Burns. The uh, leader also of the Ohio, or excuse me, the Strongsville GOP, Shannon Burns, is on that central committee. How are you doing this morning, Shannon? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks again for having me. Always love being here with you. Always love talking to you. If you're going to tell it like it is, that that's uh, that suits me just fine. First of all, uh, I heard from Jack Windsor this morning that tomorrow's meeting to uh, vote on endorsements has been pushed to the 18th, right? That's right. Yeah, we just got the notice uh, yesterday that uh, we got pushed for two weeks. Uh, which I think it was a good a good choice. I sort of suspected that they might try to pull some shenanigans on it, but uh, fortunately, it looks like we're we're set for a good normal meeting, as normal as you can get when they're not going to allow the public to uh, to view it. But uh, nonetheless, February eighteenth will be the day that the state party endorses Dwan. Well, I'm glad to hear you say what you just said. I'll start there. I have a number of issues I want to talk about with you. Some of which I <laughs> talked about with Jack yesterday, and that is. The fact that the uh, party that is supposed to be committed to transparency, the Republican Party, um, is doing the exact opposite of that. They are not allowing public attendance. Only members and invited guests of the committee members, state central committee members, are allowed to be there, as well as selected members of the press. 
Jack Windsor had to fight tooth and nail just to be given a, a, a permission to attend this thing. He told me this morning that he can, uh, but it was in, called into question because they didn't like the leadership of the ORP, did not like some of the reporting done on the Ohio Press Network. So, Shannon, again, I, I, I fail to understand how the Republicans can distinguish themselves from the Democrats if they're just going to do Democrat things, like operate in darkness, not in transparency, and limit the availability of press and the public to see what they're up to. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, Bob, I'm, I'm embarrassed uh, for us, for the base, uh, to be part of this body at this point. It's a terrible look. Um, it reminds me of the aftermath of the... Uh, you know, the shenanigans on uh, January 6th, <clears throat> where Nancy Pelosi decided to put a fence up around the, uh, you know, around the Capitol, protect her and her members. Um, you know, just a false narrative. You know, the idea that, you know, what they really want is they don't want the public to be there and booing Mike DeWine when he gets up there to tell everyone about how great he is. That's what they really don't want. So they're, they're going to close out uh, not only the public, but you're right, they're trying to close out the press. And it sort of reminds me of what our illustrious President Brandon's press secretary is doing every day and barely even taking questions or any real questions from the press. I think that's a similar tactic. And it's a terrible look for the party. We, Like you said, we should be transparent. We should embrace all aspects of the party. I mean, one of the things President Trump did for us in this state was expand our party, expand the definition of who really are true believers in, in our ideals. And now we're looking at finding ways to close that down. I, I think that's a terrible look. Shannon, have you or other state central committee members mentioned that to leadership? And what are their response when you say this is a bad look? We look like Democrats. We we look the way we look like the way you know the branded administration runs itself, uh, trying to do things in darkness, not letting the public be a part of what we're doing. Um, what are their responses? How do they defend that? Well, I, I got to tell you, I'm I am. Is as disappointed in leadership now as I am in Governor DeWine. Uh, I think that they're tied together. I think the reason why all of this is happening is because they're doing whatever they can. Um, do we know like Shannon? Endorse. Shannon, you glitched. Shannon, your phone glitched there for a second. I was afraid we lost you to snow right. or something because no. uh, we cut, no, we cut out for about five are seconds you, are, there. Yeah, go ahead. Are, are you hearing me now? Yeah, you're okay now. Go ahead and repeat that part, though, so, please. Great. Yeah, I... I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in, in leadership as well. I think that they're so tied to DeWine. Really care to do is is do everything they can, pull whatever lever of power they can to get DeWine uh, reelected. And and quite frankly, reaching out to them as kids uh, have not been able to connect at all and discuss this topic. I uh, just don't think they want to hear about it. Uh, they want to to pull uh, as I said any lever of power they can to get uh, DeWine reelected at this point. You mentioned a moment ago, we're talking to Shannon Burns. He's part of the Ohio Republican State Central Committee. He's also the leader of the uh, Strongsville GOP. Um, you said a moment ago that uh, leadership doesn't want to have uh, a significant number of people of the, in the public at this event so that they all boo or so that they can't boo uh, when the name Mike DeWine is mentioned and when Mike DeWine is trumpeted as being a great leader and a great governor by the same reprehensible rhinos at the top of this party. Um, why why sure. would the public boo Mike DeWine? Well, I mean, you saw the poll that uh, Rose Re- you know, Trump's pollster, shows Mike DeWine at 38% amongst uh, likely Republican voters. I mean, that is the reality. Uh, the reality within the, inside the, the walls of that committee is that, you know, I've only been on that committee for about two years now. 
mm-hmm. uh, one one term, and it became really me that you know first off you know half of those, those members either work for state government or have worked for state government, um, and and their influence or their paycheck directly from Mike DeWine. So you know that that committee is is uh, corrupt in nature just from that perspective alone, uh, but they don't care about the poll. They want to find any way necessary, any way uh, to get this this governor to, to your point that that acts more like a Democrat than a Republican uh, reelected, and you know. Uh, I, mean, I think I'm a Shannon, firm, Shannon, I'm Shannon, a firm you, believer. I'm sorry, you cut out again on us there for a bit. Uh, I don't know if you can move to a different place in your home. Like, we're all locked in by the snow right now, I suppose. Uh, but if you can move to a different spot so we can hear every word you're saying, that would be great. Uh, let, let me jump in on it, though, and say, obviously, my tongue was planted in cheek when I said, why would they boo Mike DeWine? And you talk about those polls. In addition to his approval rating being uh, under 40% uh, among likely Republican voters, a head-to-head matchup in the gu- gubernatorial primary between DeWine and Jim Renacci has Jim Renacci winning by eight points. And yet, one state central committee member with whom I had a conversation said to me, Jim Renacci's a terrible candidate who can never win anything and never will. He championed Mike DeWine, saying he served us pretty well getting this Intel chip plant and thousands of jobs. He said, when I pointed out all of the negativity of what Mike DeWine did to this state with lockdowns and so forth, he said that's all in the past. 2022 will be a landslide with DeWine and Husted at the top. So I'm failing to understand how leadership of the Ohio Republican Party State Central Committee cannot give an open and fair shot to a guy who's leading the incumbent by eight points in a head-to-head matchup why they are going to issue an endorsement at all and if so somebody who's trailing so badly uh, uh in uh in 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 numerous polls do you have any any thoughts on that shannon burns oh sure and, and hopefully uh this connection's a little better for you apologize for that earlier but that's right it, bob it's actually all about money that's all this is so uh everyone thinks of the endorsement as something that is a public statement by the party it definitely is that and that's the most uh, visible reason for that endorsement. But the real reason for it is what Mike DeWine's doing down in Naples here in the next uh, couple weeks. And that is hosting a fundraiser where he can take a check not just to his campaign, but also to the state Republican Party for a significant dollar amount larger than what he can normally take. So instead of, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm not an expert on, on what the numbers are, but my understanding is somewhere around $14,000. Uh, in a year is what, uh, in one cycle, is what uh, you can donate personally to a candidate uh, like Mike DeWine. But if using the help of the state party and with through their endorsement, can donate significantly more, tens of times more, uh, to the state party and then benefit the campaign because of that. So this is really about money. This is about money in politics and finding ways uh, to overfund his campaign to try to put lipstick on the pig. Well, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that because you are obviously right. And that was another part of the discussion slash debate slash argument that I had with a, with another state central committee member. Uh, he said, the, this committee member, uh, when I said how on earth did elect, he was defending the election of Mike DeWine in the first place and how what a great victory it was. And I said, how on earth did electing Mike DeWine protect our way of life? How will we electing him protect our way of life? That was using his words. And his response was, Bob, there's nobody else. He's the incumbent with the money and support. He's going to win in a landslide and carry our entire ticket. And Shannon Burns, my response was, 
if you would get behind Jim Renacci and endorse him, he would then have the money. Because it's exactly what you're talking about. This opens up the coffers of the state uh, party and uh, in support of the endorsed candidate. So, I mean, and, and again, to say that he has the support, how does he have the support when the polls show he trails Jim Renacci by eight points? It's one thing to play favorites in this thing. It's another thing to back the guy that's the loser in all of it. Yeah, well, it's an interesting conversation, right? You know, so on one hand, you have a delusional, uh, ba- uh, delusional power structure in Columbus that yeah. truly believes that Mike DeWine is amazing. Um, I, I don't understand it. Maybe they, maybe they were out of state for those couple weeks and lived in some other part. Maybe they lived in Florida in a free state uh, during that period of time. But we all know what we experienced. This is the first time I can remember that everyone has an opinion on their governor, right? In fact, I don't see a pathway for victory for DeWine unless we don't all unite around Renacci, right? If we, if we divide and, and vote for lesser-known candidates that, that literally have no chance but to elect DeWine, Renacci will win. Totally agree. And they know that, and that's why they're working so hard. That's why they're willing to break party rules. That's why they're willing to shove all the problems that the party has under the rug just so they can get them all reelected and deal with issues later. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I would like to know, those in leadership that you just said, you know, are in love with him, maybe they weren't around the last two years, um, what do they think 38% means? Where do they think that comes from? Are they not asking, how is he polling at 38% approval? 38%, he's so wonderful, he's such a great leader, he's such a great governor, 38%. How, I wonder, do they explain the eight-point gap in a head-to-head matchup with Jim Renacci? How do they explain that? You know, that's... That's a question that no one's answering. The thing about this committee is that we don't have um, any robust conversation. Uh, Leadership has uh, created in a way, so there's no committee meetings that happen. There's no discussion that happens on the floor. Uh, Those that are are bought and paid for by DeWine uh, vote the way they're supposed to vote, and then the meeting's over. Um, Bought and paid for. Yep. When those of us that that have good vocal opposition, like I, I stood on the floor and I talked about how President Trump has changed our party, and now we have to focus our efforts as a party on how we create transparent and robust primaries so we have great conversation within the party. And that means that we should not be, as in, I'm, I'm sure your listeners are, are familiar with it, that the state party over the past year and a half or so have given Mike DeWine $1.5 million approximately uh, in in-kind contributions and direct cash contributions, even though he's not endorsed. That's an indirect violation of party rules, but they do it anyways. Will that be brought um, up? Fact, Will that be challenged at the, in, on February 18th when the meeting... Uh, I, the... I challenged it on the floor, uh-huh. and I, I said we need to act. We need to determine what's appropriate, what are the right rules that the party should be operating under, and 38 members of the 66-member body voted to table that uh, conversation and send it to a committee that never met. So literally just... So much corruption. So much corruption. And, and, you know, I'll wrap it with this, Shannon, because I'm out of time. I asked it rhetorically, and I'll just kind of do the same thing with you. Where do we go? Where do conservative Republicans go? We've got no home. We can't go to the Democrat Party for obvious reasons. We can't go to the Ohio Republican Party for the same reasons, because they're corrupt. They're, they're, they operate in the dark rather than in transparency. Uh, they, they break rules. Um, and, and, 
and they're rhinos. They don't they don't believe in freedom of the people. They their choice for governor for re-election vetoed numerous bills to try to provide medical freedom for people in the state of Ohio, to provide freedom of movement for businesses to operate, to stop defining uh, uh, randomly what essential and uh, non-essential workers and businesses are. You know, where do conservative Republicans go if if rhino Republicans are running this party? And they look and smell and sound just like Democrats. What? Where do the rest of us go? And you don't you have do to answer did, that because right? I don't know if there is an answer to no, it. It's rhetorical, I, I, but it's that's that's where we that's where we find ourselves so frustrated. Where do we go? I love I love to answer the question quickly. Is do what I did. Get involved. Help run an organization. Be part of you know volunteer for an organization. And and quite frankly, vote for Jim Renacci to make sure we don't have Mike DeWine as governor. And then I'll, I'll share with you a few uh, state central committee members in the Cleveland area that are voting against us every time. They're voting for DeWine, right? You've got guys like Dan Carter and Rob Frost and Chairman Aaron Dondo out in L- Lorraine. All of these people are voting for Mike DeWine. And yeah. we need to, when you're on your ballot, by the way, I'm elected. West, all the whole west side of Cog County has a chance to vote for me on uh, May 3rd or in your absentee ballot. You'll also have an opportunity to vote against those people I just talked about. Those people are the ones that are Shannon, voting we're going to have to have you back on. Hey, listen, we're going to have to have you back on since you're willing to name names like this and name all of them that we need to get out of, off of the state central committee so that we can back to get back to doing the work of the people and doing it in a in a fair and moral and ethical manner, unlike what is being done right now by leadership of the ORP. I'll leave it there. Uh, Shannon Burns, uh, Strongsville GOP, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. All right, Bob. Thank, take Come, care. Coming back to wrap it after this. All right, well, um, apologies to people on hold. I, I don't have time to take calls as we wrap this up in 60 seconds. But thanks to Shannon Burns. I'm glad I went along with him. I'm glad I went along with uh, uh, Dr. Piper before that. Uh, the conversations matter. If you missed either one of them or portions of them, please listen to whkradio.com. Go to that page. Go to the podcast page. Find Always Right, and uh, you can listen back to those interviews. I strongly recommend. If you don't have our app yet, you can do that, too on the free mobile app, the 1420, uh, the Answer mobile app, to search for that in your app store. Uh, I said yesterday, and I meant it, and I said it uh, on uh, Tuesday before that, and I meant it, and I think by now you know I meant it. I'm willing to go scorched earth to stop Mike DeWine. I'm willing to go scorched earth to stop the ORP from blanket uh, endorsement of Mike DeWine, an undeserved endorsement of a man who is governing more like a big state, big blue state Democrat than a Republican that uh, this, uh, this, this great state deserves. So I will stop him in any way that I can, and we'll continue that conversation tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.